T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bye-bye. Oh, tripping. I'm out of here anyway. Please, Dad. Top of the hour is being brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Tickets for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland are on sale now. Head to nusports.com for details. Transition is being brought to you by Amy Kite of Keller Williams Realty Infinity. Parkinson Spiegel are in the house. What's up, boys? What's up, Lawrence? Goodbye to Herb Lawrence. That was a very nice goodbye uh, that you gave. Damn it, I didn't hear it. I was standing out there getting ready to go and thinking about my damn show. I got to go back and listen. There are people texting in saying, I want Lawrence to do my eulogy when I die. (laughs) So it must have been pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, God, me and Herbie have been together like, what, 18 years or whatever? So I'm, I'm really happy that he's got this new opportunity that he has. And I'm really sad, but I'm also a little excited because... People next week seeing Brandon Fryer and him being like, I'm going to do what I want to do with the show. Like all of that creativity that's going to be brought into the show from different places is going to be fun for me to navigate. That's cool. Um, I want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So so Brandon Fryer is. He gets first up. Oh, he he, gets first up. He is. Brandon Fryer is going to be in charge of the show until we name a permanent. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool. It's always fun to. I mean. It's uneasy, right? But it's like a good kind of uneasy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that today. I was joking with Herbie that I had these thoughts of what Monday's show should be. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's don't, not your responsibility yeah, anymore. Don't, don't go talking to him about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you don't have to hold my hand. I'll I'll just have to go do some of this stuff on my own for a little bit. Well, and, uh-huh. and then I'll put it in, in, in Brandon's hands and then whoever else is going to be in the chair. I was thinking about my all-time Herb rankings. Um, and Herb Lawrence is flying, flying up the board. Num- well, Herb Spiegel, Herb number Spiegel, one. Is that right. where we're going? Herb Spiegel's number one. And and forever. I understand that. That makes sense. That's my dad. Number two, I'm going with Herb Kent, the cool gent. Okay, that's a good call. As number two, I loved listening to him. Much respect for the career. Number three, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. And he was... Yeah, and he was uh, later a, uh, a a record executive as well. Uh, number four, Herb Score, thirty three years as the Cleveland Indians color announcer. They they were a baseball team, Danny. Now they're the Guardians. Um, but he was a dominant strikeout pitcher who got hit in the in the face as a pitcher and was never the same after that. But then was a broadcaster for thirty three years. And then number five. Herb Lawrence, I think that's a very respectable ranking for Herb Lawrence, in my opinion. I also think it's fun because you have him behind Herb's score. Like, that's perfect, right? Yeah, right? I think so. What about garlic? Herb. Herb. Or herb butter? Tarlic? No, no, no. Garlic or clover. 
They're herbs. Oh, yeah. You see what I did there? I like see it. You see what I did there? I thought herb, from WKRP, was he Herb? Tarlick. Tarlick. Yeah. yeah. That's why it, it, it threw me. He had the great jackets. Yes, he did. I was always a Bailey guy more than a Jennifer guy. Um, yeah, I would think I was, uh, yeah, I was. I was a Johnny Fever guy, man. Uh, rest in peace to Howard Hessman. Uh, how about it? Loved the Howard Hessman. Um, you know, I'll, yeah, we should give it up for Danny for herb garlic, or do we just no. get on him <laughs> no, for that? What do you I, think? Ginseng. I I, I saw what he was doing. That's what, I was trying to go with you, Danny. I said herb butter. Yeah, oh, I thank see. you, herb thank butter. you, Lawrence. Yeah. I saw what you were trying to do. It I, was a stupid joke. I googled. I googled famous uh, herbs. Famous herbs. Famous herbs. And then uh, <laughs> you got garlic. And then and then what are the seven holy herbs came up? And I was like, oh, clover, <laughs> mistletoe, <laughs> pask flower, flower. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, primrose, vervain. Yeah. So you know, it's a different kind of herb. It's a different kind of herb situation. It's a newer type of herb. Situation. I feel like there's a there's an herb that you like a whole lot better than any of those. Oh, oh yeah, it's very I, true. It's, I, I, <laughs> Weed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Marijuana. Way to put a fine point on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Every know. year at Passover, when we uh, the Jews sit around and we read the, the, the Haggadah, we do this whole thing. Get really high. Yeah, right. And you talk about the bitter herbs. Yes. And every year, I say the bitter herbs <laughs> for my dad every single year. And now, it's a I, I will think of Herb Lawrence as well. Not bitter, Passover. though. Usually never bitter. Doesn't seem so. No, I think he already left. Good. Who's going to cut tape for us? I, I asked him. I was like, you're not sticking around here to cut tape, man, are you? Man, We'll be fine. I don't think there's anything going on today, so. Yeah, well, Get him I mean, the hell out. Yeah, Friday before the Super Bowl. Nothing's going to happen. We'll be fine. Yeah, Trade think- deadline is coming gone. Yeah. Yesterday was the big news day. You know, right? With the, Lots with happened yesterday. Rob Manfred, you have the NBA, you got all our tourist stuff. Coordinators speaking. Yeah, it was a busy, it's busy fu- tape it's day. It's funny. Yesterday. I was uh, uh, texting Casey Johnson last night because this new album by the band Big Thief is out today, and it's really weird and interesting and odd. And so I was texting Casey about it because he really loves that band, thinks that album is a masterpiece. And he told me he was on his way last night to a concert to go see the War on Drugs. And he said, nice of Arturis to let me go because there was no deal. There was no action of consequence. He didn't have to do all the the, the following up and reporting on the Bulls' new acquisition and why they made the trade and then follow up with the people that got traded. He didn't have to do any of that. He could just go to the show. Isn't that life on the beat? You buy tickets for something and you don't know whether you're going to actually get to go use them or not. And he did. I feel like if if he cared enough about the concert, Casey's got to be a fast worker at this point. He would have been able to file. I don't know. He probably would have had to do an emergency podcast oh, as man. well. That's true. You know, who knows? stars these days. Exactly. Yeah, well, I, I wish, I, in that case, I wish uh, that Casey Johnson missed his concert. Because it would have been nice if they would have added something. We went through it, Lawrence. I, I heard you guys, like, during the first segment of the show, I, I thought that you're, you guys were on it. Like, it's... It's like, yeah, it's been cool or whatever, but they look at it and as they're going to add with getting their injured guys back, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it just it was by the by the time all of the dust settled, and you could look and see that literally one through eight in the East all made additions except the Bulls. Like that's just a tough day, right? Like you, I feel like you can contain multiple thoughts at once. They're like. Bulls are still really good. They've made their moves in the past. They're going to get better as they get their guys back. But on that day, 
everybody else got better except them. So, like, for that day, just through that prism, it was not a good day for the Bulls. It was hard to keep your enthusiasm about what could be. And I I guess I found myself going, okay, live in the space of what is. Because, you know, we've made the bet on them winning the Eastern Conference. And I think until yesterday, I still felt decent about that bet. Then yesterday <laughs> happened, and I don't feel decent about it anymore. Yeah, they're in trouble. But 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 now it's like okay, yeah, you have little faith. You have to goodness. recalibrate, and you have to recalibrate going all the way back to the off season and saying, what is it that I thought these guys were going to be on paper? And I think that they're still there, if not exceeding what it is that I thought. And if they do end up in a four or five matchup with Brooklyn, or they end up in a four or five matchup with Miami. That's about where we started the conversation with this team, that that it would be a success if they weren't in the play-in, maybe they had a home series to, to start things off. And, and I'm going to try to enjoy sports for sports' sake instead of the projection aspect of what it is that we do where you're like, okay, is this team a championship contender? I, I don't think so anymore, mm. and maybe they'll surprise me. But I'm still going to enjoy what I'm seeing on a nightly basis. I think you can make a case. I think that's all very sensible, Lawrence, and it does dovetail with some some of the ways that we ended up uh, talking about it. Because yeah, that's where we thought they'd be, right? Like uh, six, five, or six, stay out of the play-in and maybe have a chance to host a playoff series. I gotta say that I think the NBA is the best league in the world. Like. I heard Adam McKay, friend of the show, Adam McKay, talking about that and making the case for it a little bit. And then just for a couple of reasons, all of the best talent is consolidated here. Like that might not last forever. Like, you know, it's kind of amazing that the best European talent still wants to come here and is here for now. The soccer leagues are split up and there's talent spread all over the place. It's such a consolidated product in terms of the very best of the best, and it delivers. But that's the same as the NFL. Yeah, yeah. There's no other professional football league of consequence. Okay, but here's the thing. It delivers every trade deadline it delivers, every free agency it delivers. There's incredible TV like there was last night with that freaking all-star draft that was so damn unbelievable. It It was so great. There's the players are so empowered to just be themselves. So for better or for worse, you get to know these guys. It's just it it is a remarkable league right now in terms of its health and its delivery power. It's a great league. I I love it as well. I mean, the, my my favorite is football because it's my favorite sport, right. but I love the NBA and I like that at the end Nine times out of ten, you do feel like the truest champion was formed. Like it is a game where the best team most often wins the title, and we don't really get that in any other sport. Right? There's too much luck and randomness in every other sport to say that definitively. uh, College football, but it still can be single elimination. But yeah, it it does feel like we get it in terms of a team sport, the NBA. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get a true champion, which I think is a great thing. Back to Lawrence's point, though, for a second, we could get the Bulls to win the East right now at 19 to 1. And we bet them at 16 to 1 a while ago. So it's officially a bad bet that we made. Uh, we, we, we did not buy the top of the market or the bottom of the market. So, uh, yeah. So it's officially a bad bet. And, but I, 
I don't know. Like I, I'm the the guy that like if I make a Super Bowl prediction before the year, and then uh, the quarterback and the star pass rusher get hurt, and then it's week eight of the season. I'll change my Super Bowl sure, prediction because be- the information has changed, right? Yeah. And so I, the, the the logic applies the same to me for the Bulls. Before the year, I was pretty much with the majority that it was four seeds, the ceiling, avoid the play in game, uh-huh. winning a playoff series would be amazing. Then for forty five games, they were the one seed in the East. So it's hard for me to now sit here and say. That if they are the four or the five seed, win one playoff series and then lose, it will be it will feel satisfying just because we felt that way before the year. I feel like the expectations raised when DeMar DeRozan started playing like a first team all NBA guy. They did, but the information changed too. And it was already a rough matchup for the Bulls versus Joel Embiid anyway. Like that he doesn't lose to to the Bulls. And now you're giving him a little bit more firepower and, and clearly more comfort. I'm more interested. I I if I were pick, if I were being held down to a pick, I would probably still pick the Bucks to to win it all. But I think that that Brooklyn is really fascinating because I think they got everything they needed if Ben Simmons is engaged and and wants to make this work. He can make it work in in an incredible way. I still think that the NBA playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. No matter who the Bulls are going to be matched up with, I think it's a lot of fun. But it just – yesterday was a bit of a gut punch to to the lofty dreams of Bulls fans. Yeah, I think that's that that's definitely, uh, definitely accurate. And it's the first gut punch of the Arturis, the Acme era, really. Um, and, and with it comes along – the opportunity for financial whining from the fan base. I, I don't know whether it's valid or not. I, I, re, I genuinely do not know. But this idea of like, well, you know, why go into the luxury tax now when we're not quite ready? I mean, you know, some teams are going into the luxury tax and the Bulls will not be going to the luxury tax. And does that make all the sense in the world at this point in their life cycle? Probably. But you now have a, you have parts of the fan base that are starting to internalize that stuff. And and that, and we haven't had that as part of the Arturis era yet. Well, I'm glad because that comes with expectations. You don't, yes. ex- you don't expect a bad team to go into the luxury tax, and so they are a good team, and so you want to hold ownership accountable. I just, like, we can talk about fantasy land as long as we want to, but <laughs> there was never a moment in time that anybody who has any sort of working knowledge of the Bulls or the Reinsdorfs, and I'm not even just talking about, like, the three of us. I'm talking about... Casey Johnson, Darnell Mayberry, like the people who cover the Bulls as uh-huh. close. No one once suggested that they were going to go into the luxury tax this year. You know what I mean? Like that's just not a fir- first year of a window, first mm-hmm. year of a new organization. Next year, maybe. Next year, I think maybe. there'll be some expectation for it next year. I hope so. I'm just saying, like that. That was not part of my disappointment yesterday. One more point on my uh, NBA best league in the world thing: global sport. Played all over the world. So the talent pool is more than just the states. And we can't say that for football. You could say it for hockey, but there's European hockey leagues that pull some of the best talent sometimes. It's a legitimate draw some of the time. But NBA is 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 distinctly the top league for a global talent pool. 
Yeah. And, and you've seen that grow out over the last 15 years. Yes. And you start looking at who the, the best players are, like literally Giannis and, and, and Doncic. Like we start looking around and going, man, this game is – is the global what the the 92 dream team did yep for where we are now 30 years later like that that thing of wow these guys are demolishing us we need to start investing in and finding the guys that can rise up and now you look at all the international all-stars that there've been over the last few years and MVPs and MVP candidates it's fun it's fun that the game is like that where you're seeing influences from all over the globe. And, and it, I think that it's made the game better. It, it definitely has. And the talent is at an incredible level right now. Like, it's it's a different brand of basketball than I know a lot of our audience, like, romanticizes and has those nostalgic feelings for. It's a different game than when the Bulls were a dynasty in the 90s. But it's you can't say that the talent level's ever been better than it is right now. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, like the le- the level of play and how good these guys are feels like a cheat. It honestly feels like the basket needs to be raised a foot and the court needs to be widened because sometimes they look like they are. Ma- it is just too damn easy for so, them. I mean, there were a lot of great moments in that draft thing last night, but when when KD took John ja Morant and LeBron was pissed <laughs> that John ja Morant was off the board, and I think he was like the fourth pick or something like he was he very to play early. With him. Was, yeah, they both wanted to play with him. Yeah. They're both dying to play with this Murray State kid. You know? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to watch him because you go, you know, if Derek wouldn't have gotten hurt, yep. that's kind of what it would look like. Yep. I think about that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't think Ja would score like this. He's just averaging 26. He's electric. Yeah, he's yeah. so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And he's fearless. He doesn't care. Like, you want to stand in front of the basket? Good luck, because I'm coming right through your chest. I think he's a better passer than Derek. He's, he's like a, a prettier, certainly a flashier passer than yeah, Derek. I think that, like, Derek, Derek and Russ came into the league, you know, at the same time, obviously, and they changed what a super athletic point guard could be. Mm-hmm. Both of them get hurt and Russ is able to retain his athleticism for longer than Derek was. That's just bad luck with your body. And now John ja Morant is like the next iteration of that type of point guard. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing, though, lead, Danny. Lead guards. Russ probably like should have learned from what Derek did. Yeah, but I mean, like he he still had the MVP year after no, no, no. after but, some injury, but right? I'm, like, but I'm saying like develop, developing develop the game. your game all yeah. the way around, and now Derek is a more evolved player yes. than Russ is. Yes, at the at, no at, at this point, that's definitely true. It's just the injuries robbed Derek of his superpower. Correct. So he had to. The injuries did not rob Russ of his superpower somehow. Like, like Russ is seemingly more built like Adrian Peterson. Yes. You know, like where it's like, oh. He's I, a mutant. He's, yes. Yeah, he's completely different. He's a Wolverine. He's a one yep. of one. And he came back from a couple of knee surgeries and averaged a triple-double and won the MVP. <laughs> like, so, all right. I guess I, I guess he made the right decision there and got uh, 
probably $200 million worth of contracts. But, but now when he tries, tries to shoot a jumper off glass, it sometimes hits the top of the backboard. Right. right. He doesn't have, he, his game is not eight. I don't. Yeah. Woo. Man. Uh, and it's actually, why are you guys running off the Bulls? They've got more depth. It's best of seven. I, they they just, some guys, the Giannis's, the Embiid's, they, they don't necessarily have an answer for. But I don't know if you heard this part of the show yesterday, Lawrence. It was just a brief trivia question. You know the four guys who average 27, 5, and 5 in the NBA right now? Two of them are on the Bulls, right? No, Zach is not. Uh, 5 and 5, not a second 5. Correct, right? correct. Uh, 5 assists, but, but, 5 boards, 27 points. But, yeah, it's DeMar, so yes, DeMar DeRozan and Giannis. Correct. Yes. KD. Correct. Hmm. Arguably the best ever. Joel Embiid? No, he. Uh, it's uh, LeBron. Oh, that's right, because LeBron's going to win the scoring title on a team that's bad. Yeah, as long as he plays enough games the rest of the way to qualify for it. Yeah, it, but so that's like a <laughs> – so DeMar DeRozan and the three best basketball players in the world. <laughs> so it, it, it does feel a little silly when they have a best player who's playing at that level to completely write them off when we know that they also have a lot of really yeah, damn no, talented players next to them. I am not writing them off. Neither am I. I'm just, there are more teams to be afraid of after yesterday. That yeah. that number is risen. because There, there are more landmines for them yes, in the Eastern Conference right? now. Right, because the Nets got better and the Sixers got Correct. better. And Toronto got better, and Toronto's already and proven to be Cleveland's a difficult a matchup. bad matchup yes, for them. Yes, yeah, and they got better too with a guy who put up 42 on the Bulls last time they saw him. So... It's just there are, there are a lot of landmines there, but they can get through a couple, and if they get through a couple, maybe they can get through four. And Patrick Williams is the X factor. Let's not write off the possibility that he comes back and is an impact player. That would be nice. It's not it's not the most likely outcome, but it is absolutely possible. I agree. Uh, Did you guys see Andrew Whitworth's speech last night? Yes. Yeah, we're going to bring I, some of it back. I felt like I was watching someone launch their political career last night. <laughs> yeah. You like, have. legit. Like, I – because – First of all, like his command of the speech and the way that he was able to deliver it, it this wasn't this was six minutes. This wasn't one thing thrown up there so that you could read it. He he went and was able to deliver it in a way that had people in there crying. I thought that it was one of the best sports speeches, like winning an award type speech that I've seen in a while. It, it was really heartfelt. Even though it was it was deliverable and 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 it was clearly like meant to get a point across, but I was like, damn, this is a dude that when he's done, if he wants to run for senator, like I could see it. Yeah, and the the threshold's not that high anymore. Uh, so, and I mean, wasn't he? He was president of the players, right? Wasn't he president of the NFLPA for a while? I think I think he was. I just. I, I, I'm still amazed that he's playing, dude. So is he. Didn't he rupture, yeah, exactly. didn't he rupture his patella tendon last year in the beginning of the year? And, like, he's, when you see a dude that big with a gray beard being carted off in the NFL, you you're it's like, over. Well, that's the end. That was yeah. a hell of a career. <laughs> yeah. And, and here he is in the Super Bowl and making speeches. Good for him. So today, Lawrence, Olin Krutz at 3 o'clock for a more conventional Super Bowl conversation. And then at 4 o'clock, uh, my favorite segment of the year, 
Shane Reardon is talking a lot of trash. He's very confident. About his guest booking about skills? About his guest booking. I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 guests in one segment. It's more than that. It's more than that. He is promising very few repeats. He is promising A-listers, and Speaks and I do not know any of them. Oh. Yeah. So we will be rapid-fire Super Let Bowl it DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonard DiCaprio. Hoping that Leonard DiCaprio comes on. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, 4 o'clock today, Shane flexes his producer muscles. I like it. There's a wiener circle out there, boys, if you want it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, we, it's we, been done. We consumed some. It's, it's right, been good. Yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, have a wonderful show and a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. You too, Thank Lawrence. you, Lawrence. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.